Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes, and a special guest today I have with me, Charles Float. Welcome, Charles. Thanks for having me, Marie. All right. This is going to be a very interesting conversation. I, I, I was just saying to Charles, I don't know how to introduce him. Charles and I have uh, known each other for, gosh, what, eight years, 10 years? A long time. I think it's about 10 years. Yeah. Because it's like 2013 even... or 2012 or something. Quite right. When we... Actually, that's when we first met in person. I think online, actually, it might be even longer than that. Right? But, was it yeah. your penalty that got us connected? I can't remember. I think so. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you don't know Charles, um, Charles is, uh, I I guess I could call you a black hat SEO. And it would seem very unusual for me to uh, be interviewing a black hat SEO because uh, I'm probably known as being the opposite of a, a black hat SEO. But I've learned a lot from Charles over the years. And there's been a lot of discussion lately about links, about PageRank. Uh, I just read something today as I'm recording this uh, on Search Engine Roundtable about uh, Google saying that they're using PageRank less, um, and which you know we've had this discussion for many years. Um, and Charles is somebody who knows how to manipulate PageRank. Uh, and so we just had a very interesting conversation that you kind of wish that you had uh, been a part of, but I can't share, uh, where Charles shared with me some tactics that are working for him. Um, and uh, I've changed my mind on a few things. I don't know how much of an introduction that was, Charles, but um, I'm going to ask you something. Could you not introduce me, but there might be some of your audience who are watching who aren't familiar with me. So how do you know me? Right. So I have, I, I like like we've kind of already said, I don't 100% know how we first ever interacted <laughs> because it's obviously in SEO, you have a thousand interactions with people online every day and stuff. Um but I first probably spoke to Marie and stuff and kind of got her attention maybe um, when Google, in, 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 in my opinion, Adam Marie's, I think, personal opinion, Google actually personally kind of targeted me and my domains and stuff and went after all of them, penalized my stuff, got rid of my account, banned me from everything uh, for a while until I got back. Um, they did not like and you. No, not, <laughs> not, not one bit. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to reaffirm my positions and stuff. So I, I went and outreached to everybody that I knew. And Marie was definitely kind of the person that I've always respected highly uh, in, in the SEO community when it comes to penalties and, re- and uh, removing penalties specifically and disavowing links and all that kind of stuff. Um, and kind of just understanding how, it, how Google has detected it in the first place as well, which is something quite interesting to, to most SEO folks, especially in my circle anyway. Um, so so that's, why I, that's why I've always kind of wanted to follow what Marie's putting out and understanding everything that she's doing as well. So Charles and I have uh, sometimes disagreed over the years on things, but uh, we've always had very respectful conversations uh, about it. And um, uh, I think we have a lot to learn from each other. Uh, even, you know, just the little brief time we've been talking, I've, I've learned a lot. So what I want to talk to uh, people about today is PageRank. And Google came out with uh, last week, I think it was, uh, they published a guide to their ranking systems. Uh, and they told us that uh, PageRank is just one of, uh, I, I, can't, I don't know how many, there's maybe 20 or so systems uh, on this list. Um, did you, have you seen that guide? Charles? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen yeah. the list as well. I, 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 I've, I've read everything for it. It's something I've seen everything before. It's just mm-hmm. I've never seen Google format it in, in that mm-hmm. kind of way. For yeah. me, when I saw it, it helped to solidify a bunch of theories that I had. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff that um, even thoughts about how Google's using 
um, neural nets and deep learning and and uh, and stuff like that. That's a whole conversation um, for another time, um, and stuff I'm going to talk about in my book that <laughs> that's that's coming up. Um, but it really, uh, I've been saying for quite some time now that I feel like Google's putting less emphasis on PageRank, and the reason is that. Uh, the reason why PageRank matters is that it counts as a vote, right? If, if somebody links to me, it's like they're recommending my content. And um, when Google, historically, their algorithms would look at, uh, well, this person searched this keyword and this keyword's on this page and lots of people link to this page. So it's probably high quality. And now Google's got other metrics they can use to measure quality. Um, and so perhaps they need PageRank less. Uh, but Charles, um, Tell me uh, what you think about that. I, I, 100% links are, are still working. And in my opinion, um, links have, especially over the last year or so, links have uh, gotten less important. The the lower competition, some some kind of stuff is, and they've gotten more important in, in the uh, higher kind of levels of, of competition in terms of search. Mm -hmm. The reason I say that is that because especially I think it's a natural progression as well, where over time, the biggest SERPs are going to be filled up by more authoritative sites. And those authoritative sites have already got the topical clusters. They've already got all of the on-page. They've already got the root domain authority. So it's kind of going to be the on-page signals and any signals that are directly linking to that page that are kind of making the difference maker between that. And that's what I've often seen as well, is that if you go into a very competitive SERP like car insurance or, or one of those things in the US and things, and even in the UK, it's generally the pages that have got 200, 300 RD at the top and the ones with like mm -hmm. 40, 50 spread lower towards the bottom. Um, and that's just become maybe like I said, a natural progression thing where over time these pages are just gonna solidify their rankings with age and authority and trust signals. And that are mainly gonna be rooted in links and, and especially when you start to get to that higher end, that's the main difference maker. And I've also seen likewise um, with a lot of SEOs that I've done consultancy with, especially local SEO agencies and things like that, they've kind of gone overkill on links and stuff. And that's been the difference maker and why they haven't succeeded because Google's kind of detected that everyone else in the mm. has maybe 50 RD and you've just built 50 RD in a week. you know, So it doesn't really match up to, to kind of the, the relativeness of the certain things. Um, so I have seen it both ways, where links are very important uh, in terms of the higher aspect, but they've it's also gotten harder over time to build the right sort of links. And, mm -hmm. and SEOs, I, I've often find as well, um, that it's a mixture of Google getting better at detecting the kind of link spam and stuff that people do and, and link manipulation that people do, but also that Google's propaganda, as I like to call it and things, um, have uh, gotten into SEOs, especially back in SEOs heads and the community so much um, that they overthink and overdo their campaigns and stuff where really a simplified version would have worked. And that overtuned, overcalculated, I need to do my anchor text to this decimal point number, whatever you know, <laughs> um, ends up really causing issues more than anything. Um, and it makes it look manufactured, manipulated and unnatural versus mm -hmm. a, a more simplified, uh, longer term version of, of a kind of manipulative yes. campaign. Yeah, I do think that uh, Google can really recognize patterns. And uh, I think it's really interesting where you said, you know, a small business suddenly gets a big whack of seemingly authoritative links. Uh, I mean, that can happen virally, like it's possible that a, a business gets in the press and, and gets a bunch of links. But I think Google can recognize the difference 
perhaps, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I'm obviously wrong in uh, some cases uh, because you've just showed me that sometimes we can, we can trick Google. <laughs> um, I wanted to say though about the, the high, you said high RD sites, you're saying uh, RD as in- Referring R domains. Refer a higher number of referring domains, gotcha, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that could also be EAT signals. Now, a lot of EAT is connected to PageRank, um, but there are many other things, right? Signals of legitimacy in real life. I, uh, to me personally, I feel like that's what Google's rewarding um, in a lot of the cases. So like you said, if you search for car insurance, they want to legitimately show uh, websites that are known for, uh, for, for car insurance. Um, but uh, you're saying that some people can still crack into those uh, SERPs with, you know, even without having legitimate EAT signals in real life. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think we've seen a kind of uh, a pattern of sites that had those legitimate signals. Um, they've gone down for whatever reason, the domains uh, dropped off, or it's been picked up by another entity or something along the way, but it hasn't actually expired. Um, and then somebody's picked it up, they've used those previous experience, those previous uh, signals and things as a basis to rank for new kind of content. There's a there's a couple of famous cases like the Marina uh, domain that, that kind of sparked furious chaos in the SEO community because it was a marina in Florida or whatever. Um, and then it was ranking for basically every keyword on earth. Um, and there was also, I think it was called Conch House actually or something like that. Yes. Um, yeah. And then there was centertrt.org as well, I think, which is another one, which is a TR, which is a legitimate testosterone replacement therapy clinic. It shut down, the domain got picked up by another entity, but it again hadn't expired. Um, and they'd uh, kind of abused it to rank for all of these sort of health related terms and things. And they a were number one for, for a yeah. lot of bodybuilding and, and kind of, uh, uh, yeah. sort of fat loss and weight loss kind of related keywords. They were number one for basically everything that I, that I knew that was kind of the top affiliate for those kind of niches. Mm -hmm. And what gets me is that Google is aware of this. I mean, uh, you know, people file spam reports and uh, and and they see what's uh, going on on social media. Lots of people are talking about these sites um, and occasionally they'll get a manual action or it, we think they do because it seems like they pop out of the, you know, all of a sudden nothing ranks and then they just pop yeah. up again. It's it's mind blowing that uh, uh, that this can still happen. You're not conscious. Yeah. No, it is, it's uh, definitely not my site. It's it's. it's I, I'm not a massive fan of kind of aged and, and um, expired domains, mainly because it's such an easy signal for Google to kind of pick up on. And one day they can just kind of do that switch of a signal and, you know, the aged uh, domain and stuff, the aged domains links and stuff aren't relevant or, or aren't kind of powerful as they were before. And I've seen a lot of sites, especially this year, um, in relation to updates that were on aged domains, they might have been an exact match to the niche that they're now in. Um, but the domain's kind of traffic has gone up, down, up, down, up, down like this. Um, and the only reason I can see behind it is that the domain is aged because all the on-page is good, the link is good, everything is good. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Google, it's, it's in my opinion, it's too much of a, a, a hassle to deal with and too much of an additional risk, especially when fresh domains give you also full control over um, the narrative of the domain and, and kind of everything from day one, rather than mm -hmm. having previous owners uh, work put your work at risk as well yeah yeah I think you know over the years of looking at uh, of, of helping sites you know rank better and looking at penalized sites and um, 
I've had so many people uh, share with me uh, sites that are, are breaking Google's guidelines and still able to to succeed. There was this time period where I didn't get many people um, telling me about uh, this type of spam, but it's it's really picked up now. And I feel like there's just a small handful uh, of uh, sites that are really, really uh, killing it with um, breaking Google's guidelines. The thing that gets me and the reason why I've been talking a lot lately about guest posting is that there are a number of people who um, are maybe new to SEO or new to the web, like they wanna make money on the web. And when you go to learn how do you promote a website, um, really what's written online is, well, create content based on what everybody else is creating, do keyword research to figure out what everybody else is creating. So create unoriginal content and then find ways to build links to that unoriginal content. Um, and and it really bothers me that uh, there are a lot of people out there who are doing black hat SEO without even knowing it. Yeah, I I I, I know, and I I would also say that um, even a majority of the kind of white hat agencies and things and stuff, they're not really white hat. Like I I kind of hate to admit it to whatever people and kind of stuff in, in the industry or whatever, but if they're doing outreach it's still manipulative link building, however much they want to sugarcoat it and stuff. Um, even if they're kind of, the, the express intent of building that link is to get your page ranking higher, which is in, in itself against Google's guidelines, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say a good portion of the industry, maybe 80% plus of agencies are realistically doing that. Um, and, and it's kind of only the higher end agencies that are able to not do it, if, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, because they have access to a lot more resources and all sorts of stuff that takes uh, that kind of allows them to do these PR-esque level campaigns. But yep. obviously those kind of level campaigns are really expensive, very hard they enterprise are. level kind of stuff and things. And most, mm -hmm. start most startups, um, most kind of SaaS launches, most kind of stuff like that, they're not going to be able to afford those kind of level of campaigns, especially any kind of local or small business as well. They're definitely not going to be able to afford those campaigns. So they will look to alternatives. And most of the agencies that are in that alternative bracket um, are going to be selling them a thousand dollar a month package or a five thousand dollar a month package or something along those lines. And those kinds of packages definitely are a manipulative type of link building and manipulative mm -hmm. type of SEO. And not anything white hat is, is what the, most of them want to say it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I think the problem is, is that um, uh, most SEOs who are good SEOs recognize that links are important. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I do maintain that uh, with really good content um, and real world signals of uh, EAT. So legitimately having a business that's truly helping people, uh, you can rank without, uh, it, I mean, you're not going to rank for, you know, credit card comparisons or something like that, but you can rank, rank for a lot of things uh, either without links or with, with very minimal links. Um, would you agree, like for small businesses? A hundred percent. And also, yeah. I one of the, the kind of key link building techniques that I recommend right now, especially if you're a local or small business, um, is this idea of entity-based foundational link building. So I, I, I've been promoting it for a long, long time now. Um, and it basically consists of building links that a legitimate business would build and putting mm -hmm. as much information about your company and about the people behind it and about your business and stuff mm -hmm. on those on, on those pages and as many entities as you can kind of related to your business and stuff on those pages as well. Um, because those links can on their own rank you, right? And I'm talking mm -hmm. about, you know, some some social profiles, your main core social yeah, profiles, yeah. your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube, your LinkedIn, 
um, all of that kind of stuff. Then you have <laughs> things like Crunchbase, About.me, Zoom Info. Um, then you have your citation sites like BBB and, and Yelp and Trustpilot and whatever. Um, you have, if, if you just build all of these free to build free kind of profile style sites, but you make the profiles legitimately mm-hmm. good informational based uh, profiles that Google can use as a basis to trust your website. Um, I, I've seen that and I've used that to rank many sites on its own. Yep. Yep. Um, and I would, and again, it's not really manipulative link building because you're, because you're, again, most of them are no follow kind of style links. Um, so yep. in Google's own documentation, if it's no follow or if it's whatever, it shouldn't really count towards your stuff, even though it can be a hint directive and things. Um, and again, it's, it's links that every business would build and, and every yes. kind of person would build as soon as they start a, a website. Um, you know what so, that is, right? Yeah. You know no. what it is? It's EAT. Really? That's well, what exactly, yeah, signals exactly. of legitimacy, right? So yeah, exactly. it's not the page rank through those links. Like, you know, so that's right. why, uh, oh, why would I build social profile? Like, why would I make a LinkedIn profile and uh, whatever if I'm not going to get any page rank through that link? It's because that's what a business would do. So if Google's looking for signals of like, oh, this is a legitimate business. They have a social following. They have, um, you know, all of these signals that can corroborate that uh, they legitimately are a business, uh, then that improves EAT. So we're, see, yeah. we don't disagree on as much as, uh, as, as we thought. It, it's also, that's probably one of the most fundamental things I see um, affiliate SEOs and kind of niche site owners, which is this new thing that's been put on Twitter, um, and, and authority site owners, it's one of the first things I see when they fail. Um, it's, it's one of the core things that they're missing. So mm-hmm. a lot of them have gone and spent $5,000 or $10,000 on guest posts and niche edits and things like this, but they haven't yep. got a Twitter account and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if Google's looking for signals and, uh, you know, we've ta- I talked about this when I, uh, in my episode on the spam update is that Google's actually told us that they label the links pointing to our site, like the type of links, uh, that there are labels such as whether it's a footer link or a link that was being ignored by Penguin or a link that's been disavowed. Um, and so I think they can very easily tell that, oh, this site has all of these guest post type of links um, and no- nothing else that uh, contributes to legitimacy. So why would they trust? This is probably a good place for me to mention our sponsor today, that's Wix. And you can catch Wix's Serps Up podcast with Morty Oberstein and Crystal Carter, uh, a really, really good podcast to keep you up to date with what's happening with Google. And I recommend that you listen to that as well. All right, let's get back to this conversation, Charles. Um, I want to, I might be switching gears a bit here, but uh, do you have any thoughts on AI and AI's use in either creating content or improving content? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of tests with it recently, uh, specifically using OpenAI's DaVinci model. Um, I was using two and obviously as of about 24 hours ago, I've been using three. Um, Three, I've definitely been testing recently um, and already kind of since it's been out, I think it's under 20 hours so since it's actually got released. um, I've got foreign content indexed and ranking. With, Aha, <laughs> I saw that you told me now you can spam in in Thai as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so I've been doing some other tests with some of my writers in foreign languages in the Nordics and in uh, some of the countries and stuff. We've already got it indexed and ranking. It seems to not detect it quite yet. And all of the uh, detectors like Hugging Face, Glitter, um, the GPT-2 output detector, things like that, um, all of them are showing 90% plus human readable levels on it. Um, especially foreign content, it's like 95% plus, which is just crazy. Um, 
and again, it, it does seem to work with GP with uh, sorry the DaVinci Two model that required a lot of human interaction and formatting and editing and stuff to get it to initially rank. This stuff we would literally just copy and pasted, and it seemingly oh, wow. has ranked um, wow. straight away. Okay. Okay. Um, but the other the previous models we would always have to add in some kind of human level editing and surrounding text on top of it as well. Um, because it wouldn't ever, because Google was getting better at detecting it. Um, but in my opinion, they were only really detecting the bottom of the barrel kind of content and stuff because it was getting quite difficult. And there were at, there was kind of a randomization element where if they thought that you were doing it, I think they just kind of removed like 30% of your pages and hoped that you'd delete the rest mm -hmm. of your content and things um, and just kind of mess with you and stuff and have that kind of factor on there. Um, because I saw a lot of people who were using AI content have that randomization kick in where there's like, oh, you know, 20% of our site just won't index or 30% of our sites mm. won't index and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, indexing is uh, is a challenge. It's it's uh, It really is. The stuff that you rewrote uh, that, that indexed right away, um, was that in English or was that foreign language? Uh, or not that index, today, that, ranked, that ranked right away. The stuff today is in foreign language, yes, not in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being okay, said, yeah. I have got a case study, which I could show you on here. Um, this is taken from my mastermind presentation at Phuket. Um, I, I did a case study where I went straight to more with 80% generic content. So like I said, there still needs to be some level because this is DaVinci 2. So this presentation mm -hmm. is a couple of weeks old now. Um, so there still needed at this time to be some kind of surrounding content and editing and formatting, especially in English. Um, and, and basically I did it on my own domain name. So I just did it on charleswood.com just to extra kind of rub it in Google's face. Also, they still have penalized <laughs> this blog, but I got it re-indexed with a little trick, um, even though it's still got a pure spam penalty on it. So there you go. Um, and it's now ranking with AI content as well. <laughs> so it went straight what to number one. What am I doing? It, yeah, exactly. it went straight to number one with this uh, with this URL here. And the case of your details, are, I wrote a strong paragraph before the editor started adding the text. Um, the text actually itself completely contradicts each other because it's a review. I said in the opening paragraph, it's it's a scam. Then in the next paragraph, they're like, it's the, the AI said it's not a scam. Then in mm -hmm. the third paragraph, the AI said, actually, no, it is a scam. Um, and it's just kind of back and forth with itself throughout the entire piece. So it's not actually, it, it's really confusing what the review even says, because it's obviously not, it's a complete contradiction so throughout the entire post. It sounds to me like it would be content that Google might think is relevant to somebody who wants a discussion on that topic, maybe. Well, actually, that's yeah, that's actually kind of true. But but again, yeah. it ranks with the review keyword, not reviews, right? Okay. So that's Interesting. where it might be. It's similar intent. But I, I I kind of think it is. Um, it's contrary to sentiment analysis. So a lot of SEOs are saying Google has sentiment analysis baked into their NLP algorithm stuff. I don't think they do. I think that's kind of BS. Sorry, yeah. it's I think it's BS. Um, I was and just writing is, something again, for a newsletter on that in uh, Olaf Kopp's latest article uh, about sentiment analysis. So I was in the middle oh, of that okay. sentence when I had to get on this call. So uh, I will have more for you on that when I've finished reading what Olaf okay, said. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I, th I think this is, again, evidence towards the contrary that Google was using it, in, in English anyway. Um, and then again, instead of asking it to continue writing for me, I just gave it headers and would ask it questions. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't ask it to continue writing. And this is, bear in mind, this is all in OpenAI Playground, DaVinci 2. Yep. Um, and then only editing is grammar and formatting. So it start, this is my first power, this is my first 167 words. 
and that I wrote. And then everything below the red line is generated text with minimal editing. It's just grammar and, and punctuation formatting and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you'll see as well, I, I say somewhere in here, it's a scam and stuff. Uh, in this review I, and expose, I teach you how you can stay away from scams like this. And then it's like this is a proven system to help people earn money online. So it's it's literally the, those yeah, two yeah, sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's it's the exact same throughout the entire rest of the article as well. Um, so the generate text here, um, straight away, the, the AI bot interestingly took this uh, quote from another site, which I looked at because I was doing competitive analysis as well. And they'd called him the cigar smoking scammer. And the AI has taken it as well and put wow. it in there as well from the site. Um, it's an AKA blah, blah, blah. I had a grammar that reflects it and stuff like this and things on Twitter. But you'll notice also that the AI tends to clump text a lot. So it does this clumping here. Mm -hmm. um, and also it uses a lot of grammar that, that humans wouldn't use. So it uses like two hyphens and things to split up text. Um, and then it will also, it, it said purchases somewhere with a, um, with like a, a bracket around the S on the end to purchase or purchases. But mm -hmm. I, I haven't really seen any human writer do that. Before yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then so in the actual, in, in the in the schema as well, I used a mixture of generated schema, which again, it kind of, you can kind of tell it's generated as well um, because it's quite clumpy and it just talks about things that would be on the sales page. And um, it says it's not a scam um, and it is a scam and all this kind of stuff and things. <laughs> Um, and then I did the exact same thing for the review schema as well. So I did some of my own and then I did some of, uh, some of it generated. And then the results, the results for all this, number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, feature snippet, number one. <laughs> so, now, it would be interesting yeah. to see. So I, here's my theory on what I think is happening here is I, I do think that Google's looking for, especially with review content, they've got a different type of algorithm, that a, a semantic algorithm that um, that really tries to find content uh, that is uh, showing different viewpoints, that's matching the um, information that's in the product review questions. Um, but I think that the algorithm, it's machine learning and it's in very early, it's like a toddler trying to understand English. Um, and so uh, what you pointed out there is like, there's there's inconsistencies in the uh, article. Um, you know, a toddler might not get that, but a toddler might look at it and be able to go, oh, it tells me an opinion here and that's what I want. Maybe I'm giving Google way too much credit. It's probably, you're going to tell me it's all links, isn't it? No, so this is no links. This is no, no links okay. Like, no, okay, no, no. So, so, so this is just AI content. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean. So, so the the essentially my uh, answer to the question of of why this ranks is that because number one, um, it answers the question better than other yes. piece of content on on the SERP. Um, yes. Number two, it has all the formatted data, so it's easy for Google to process the schema and the review schema, uh, the review schema and the FAQ schema and stuff like that. Um, and number three, it's super lightweight and easy to load and process and crawl and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, and when you add all three together, it it, make, it makes sense that it would be the number one result mixed mm -hmm. with the fact that it's like, a, my, I think it's a DR20, DR29, DR30, something like that um, site. And most of the other competitors are like 18, 15, 30, 40, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not massively competitive on a root authority basis either. Um, but it's, it, it, again, it's just kind of proof to the concept that Google will index and rank AI generated content. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, again, this is DaVinci 2. So it's not DaVinci it's 3, better, which yeah. would be even, exactly. And, it's, and it's, it's considerably better as well, actually. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. For uh, anybody who's not 
familiar with OpenAI, uh, you can use it. Is the demo still free, right? You can sign up for a demo. I, I, I think you can. I think you can sign up and just start buying credits. Yeah. Normally, that. yeah. And you can just use you that just, limited. Thing. I'll yeah. put the link up on screen, but uh, it's it's just very anybody can use it. Um, and then after a while, uh, your credits run out and you have to pay, but it's very inexpensive. Um, and yeah. so, uh, and I use it sometimes for writing newsletter. Like I'll read a very complicated article and I'll ask the OpenAI to summarize it. And then there might be a point in the article where I'm like, huh, actually I'll tell you something yesterday, I was researching something and the AI told me that, well, that happens because Google does this, this, and this. And one of the things was um, Google was uh, looking at interaction data from submitted forms. And I was like, I don't recall seeing that. So then I asked it to give me a reference. And it gave me th uh, four different places, a, a Wall Street Journal article, uh, a Google post, like uh, things that actually made my point for me that I could investigate uh, about, you know, Google using this as a, an interaction feature that they might use for ranking. Um, so AI is really, really helpful. Now, I wouldn't take that text and put it directly into, um, you know, into something that I'm writing. Uh, but some of what I write is, is actually AI written, not a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's very, very helpful. Um, so I don't think Google is against AI written content. I think that Google is against unhelpful content and a lot of AI written content is unhelpful. Does that make sense? Mm, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, that was really interesting. Is there anything else that you wanted to, uh, to bring up while we're, while we're here? Yeah, so, so I think in terms of the link economy, for, for most people to kind of understand um, more towards it, from for my own data, right, most of the outreach emails that we send, we're not asking people if we can buy a link. We're just asking, and, and a lot of the time as well, bear in mind, from my style of outreach and stuff, we don't even mention SEO. We normally pretend to be a PR agency or pretend to, <laughs> pretend to be some kind of agency or something. Um, not SEO related because we, we, we tend to cause issues and, and things like that. Um, and from my data, about six, maybe seven years ago, we would get 20 to 30% of sites asking us for a payment for that link, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say this year, it's gotten to the point where it's almost 80% of sites mm -hmm. are asking us for a payment for a link. So Either SEOs have just spammed and outreached that much that we've taught every blogger on the planet, basically, um, that they need to ask for money, or um, the Google's positioning of going after links, which is my position anyway, has not worked well enough that there's a thriving economy as a result mm -hmm. of the uh, page rank nature mm -hmm. of, of abilities to rank pages and stuff, especially... Yeah in certain niches where the payoff of ranking so high can be infinitely more valuable yeah. than any sort of a, a link campaign would ever cost, right? Yeah. Um, and there are some niches, bear in mind, that some, some of these players and stuff are spending 100,000 or hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. every single month on link campaigns. Um, mm -hmm. And I definitely think that plays into the, the role that Google's not being able to detect it on a grand enough scale yep. because otherwise there wouldn't be this grand enough scale of an economy built up as mm -hmm. a result of it and bloggers wouldn't be able to charge these kind of crazy prices that they're doing nowadays as well 
it's incredible the economy that exists because of, of links. I think Google's aware of that too, you know, that they, they, they sort of created this monster. And I, when I first started doing penalty work, there were all sorts of businesses that had paid, you know, thousands of dollars for, uh, for links, not having a clue that, uh, you know, maybe it could hurt them in the future. And, uh, and I think that's where my issue comes in. So some people might be wondering why I chose to interview a black hat. Uh, and why I would share that things can still, uh, Google can still be manipulated. And what gets me is uh, I started this career uh, helping people who were hurt by penalties. And I worked with so many small businesses that hired an SEO who built links um, and, uh, and, and it worked for a while. And then when it didn't work, it was devastating to, to these businesses. Um, and so I don't have a problem with black hat SEO. Uh, and I think if you want to try to manipulate Google, it's, it's not illegal. It's not immoral unless you're doing something that hurts other people's websites. Um, maybe some would argue that maybe it is immoral if you're, if you're cheating to, uh, to, to get to the top, but really you're, you're, you know, the algorithms out there, you're doing what you can to get ahead of the algorithm. What bothers me is, uh, when people do it, not knowing the risks. So, um, so I think Charles, you're well aware of the risks and your clients are aware of the risks. Um, and you know, I, I think that that's okay. Uh, so, um, anyways, I, I'm babbling here. I, I wanted to thank you for having this conversation. Um, I think that we should have more conversations like this. I, I appreciate it. And I, I also agree that you, you want to inform any clients of the risks and things. And I want to say, I don't have an agency. I don't do client work. I don't do anything like that. I have consultancy clients. Um, that I do recommendations with and stuff like that. Um, but I've equally seen a lot of people get burned because of cowboy agencies or cowboy freelancers or whatever, um, really hurting small businesses and stuff. And it can be devastating and, and kind of kill momentum and things for, for businesses. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I do not agree with anybody selling black SEO services to somebody who doesn't understand the, the intentions or risks of what you're doing. Great. Yeah. So we're on the same page. We are. And we're all just trying to figure things out and have fun and make some money, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you uh, so much for doing this, Charles. Um, how can people reach you if they had questions or can they? Yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter. It's at Charles underscore SEO. I also have a YouTube channel that I don't really upload much to. Um, I have like an email list and then all my Gumroad has some courses and eBooks and consultancy on there as well. Fantastic. And you can reach me on Twitter as well at Marie underscore Haynes. And uh, thanks so much for listening or watching, and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings.